Welcome to the Financial Fun Podcast with your host, Tammy Johnston. This is where Tammy talks with business owner parents and grandparents about the interesting and important subject of money. We promise this to be an interesting and open discussion, as that's how we learn best. And now, here's your host, author of the Financial Foundations. Financial Foundations is a series of books to teach kids about money, goal setting, and living a balanced life. Find out more at financialfund.ca. Here's Tammy Johnston. First things first, I would like to thank all of my listeners that have subscribed and reviewed my podcast and invite you to subscribe and review if you haven't yet. I appreciate you helping us to get the word out and making financial literacy a safe and welcoming subject for kids and adults. Second, please check out my podcast website, financialfund.ca, where you will be able to access past shows, find out more about me and our guests, as well as purchase the beautifully illustrated Financial Foundations books that teach kids about money in a fun, healthy, and holistic way. Hello once again, and thank you for joining us for the Financial Fun Podcast. Today, our guest is the brilliant and vibrant Darlene Hall. Thank you for joining us, Darlene. Thank you for having me. So, Darlene, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you do? What's your business? Uh, I have a business that uh, focuses on social media for the very small business. So, it's hotspot social media. We focus on, like, kitchen table entrepreneurs, network marketers, uh, mortgage brokers, real estate agents, people who are uh, already wearing 37 hats and can't figure out how to put social media on as well. So we have uh, processes and systems to make it as easy as possible. And uh, we try to help those little guys that are kind of hard to help for the bigger companies. So that's what we're about. Oh, that is such such a big, big need. I have so many small business owners and entrepreneurs in my world. And yeah, 37 hats. You think that's a slow day? <laughs> I, yes, yes. For some, that's that's when everything's going really well. <laughs> yeah, that's when everything's going really, really well. And yeah, a lot of people do not understand that yet just how important your social media marketing is and being able to get help or hand that off to somebody who who knows it and likes it and has the time for it, that is a godsend. <laughs> Yes, except we don't actually do the management because that has to be really expensive because, as you know, good social media is time consuming. So what we do is we train people to do it themselves or we'll train their assistant to do it for them. Um, we do some, but my, my target market is, is not really the kind of people who are going to pay for management. So we try to make it really easy and help them to make the money that would then hopefully make them successful enough to do that in the future. But, uh, yeah, so we start off actually with a free two-hour, no-pitch, no-obligation uh, hopefully face-to-face strategy session and I'll find out all about your business and what your goals are and where your struggles are and then based on that information we'll put together a social media strategy that you can manage. Well, excellent. I'm, I'm sure that there's a lot of people that need to be looking for you, dear. <laughs> <laughs> and what, what's your family situation, dear? Okay, so I'm married uh, 25 years. Congratulations! Thank you. Yes, he's uh, a Belfast boy. Um, <laughs> met in Germany, married in BC in Canada, moved to France, and uh, now we live in Calgary. I have two kids. Both of them were born while we were in France. I have a 23-year-old son and a 22-year-old daughter. So my son's an entrepreneur, my daughter's an entrepreneur, and um, I'm an entrepreneur. 
Oh, so it definitely runs in the family. It does, yes, yes. And with all with all your moving around, I'm sure you've seen an awful lot of, of, of different and interesting things on the subjects of money and business and kids. Yeah, we've uh, we've been able to do a lot of exploring. I mean, we homeschooled, so the kids have been kind of entrepreneurial since they were very young. And it's been a, you know, we've had to run into a few walls before we've kind of figured it out. Um and I would say now I now I know what it was I wish I did back then. <laughs> Isn't that the way it always goes? Though? Yes, <laughs> yes, and it's an expensive lesson. <laughs> oh yes, but I think I, uh, that's that's the way it works with basically everyone, whether you homeschool or send them to school or anything. Yep. Parenting is oh man, if I'd known that beforehand. <laughs> uh, absolutely, absolutely, yes. I mean, the only difference homeschooling gave us was the kids had time to explore, right? They didn't have school all day, or uh, we we unschooled, so they they could just kind of follow their own pursuits. So they, um, my son taught himself web design and um, a lot of the techie stuff. So he rescues his mother on a regular basis, and then my daughter. Uh, taught herself graphic design and editing and yeah graphic design and editing so that's what she does so so thinking about all the different places that you you've lived and homeschooled and raised kids and stuff what are some of the biggest differences that you have seen between like canadian and 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 european more on the subjects of money and things like that what are some of the differences you noticed um, you know, the truth is we didn't really spend a lot of time. Money is always such a private thing that nobody really talks about it. I mean, what they spend money on is is interesting. In Germany, everybody spends money on medication. Um, it, it was really odd. Everybody's always talking about um, being sick. Oh, it's really an interesting culture that way. So a lot of a lot of their money goes to natural health. It's they have a great medical system. Yeah. Um, in France, most of it goes to food. Oh. And um, here in Canada, I, I think certainly in our family, most of it goes to tech. Interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. So when, with, with you having the, the, the joy of educating your kids on everything, because you didn't have a school system, how, how did you go about teaching your kids anything about money? What, what, what were you wanting them to learn and what were the questions they were asking, especially with the unschooling? Well, uh we never did allowance because I can't get myself organized enough to do allowance. And so um, we didn't do a lot of money discussion. I mean, we did. I did some teaching in math and we used money and we had play money to play with. And and um, but it was never I, my kids were never really all that interested in learning from their mother. And so I didn't get to do a lot of teaching when they were young. But once they started to earn money. Then what, what we ended up doing was talking a lot about what they should do with that money. So trying to help them understand that just because you have it doesn't mean you should spend it. Um, helping them understand that uh, they needed to have a savings program. Both my kids have a credit card, but they're, they work really hard to keep them paid off all the time. They're much better with their money than their mother is. My daughter especially, she's unbelievably frugal without cramping her lifestyle too much, but she's really good with her money. And my son has taken all the steps to make sure that he's got, you know, his investments set up and his savings set up and um, all of his insurances in place and all that kind of stuff. So they're going to be in better shape than I was, for sure. You know what? That's always the goal as a yeah. parent. So, so looking back, knowing what you know now, going back to the 2020 vision, what are some of the things that you wish you had known about to teach your kids? Um, I, I'm not sure there was anything I wish I had known about because I, I, we ended up our own family ended up in a bit of a 
a number of different financial pickles that caused quite a bit of stress and some debt. And so I learned a lot through working with that. We worked with a couple of financial counselors several years back and um, I learned a ton. And so I have talked to the kids about the importance of debt and how to manage that and, and why it's important to stay out of it. But I've, I've discovered that we're kind of the people that sort of need to learn from life experience, not from sort of being taught in a non, you know, like this week we're going to do a unit on money, right? That has no meaning for my kids. So we just, money is part of the conversation. We're not afraid to talk about it here in the family. And, and it's brought up on a regular basis. You know, my son will say, so I'm thinking of investing in this for my business. What do you think, mom? And I'll say, well, maybe this isn't really the time, or I think that's a really good investment for you right now or whatever. Right. So we, we talk about it a lot and I like that. I'd rather do it in a real life situation than, you know, in something that's kind of isolated with no context. Does that make sense? Oh, it makes it makes perfect sense. One of the one of the main reasons why I, I do these podcasts is because money is such yeah. a taboo subject that yeah. that they people don't talk about it, and then our our kids and even ourselves are trying to bump around in the dark, making the best decisions with with extremely limited information. Where when when it's like okay, it's a friendly conversation on and 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 it's a safe topic. You can bring up and, and have the discussions about this. The fact that your son says, well, I'm thinking about investing with, in this with my business. That's amazing. It's really good. And I, like, I mean, for me, the transition's been really interesting because as a kid growing up, we didn't have credit, right? I mean, we've traveled, we traveled all over the world, never using a credit card. And then, you know, once the visa came in, you know, will that be cash or charge X? I don't know if you remember that, Ed. I'm probably way older than you. Um, but when that came in, we started to see how, you know, credit was so much easier to get, whereas back then it, it really wasn't. And now you've got kids going to university and they've racked up $30,000 of debt on their credit card before they've even counted in their student loans, right? And I think that everybody's starting life with such massive debt and they don't understand how much that costs them in the long run and how hard it is to pay it off, especially if you're earning minimum wage, right? Or if there's a financial hiccup or anything like that. It just drives drives me nuts. I was just sitting down with a new client a couple days ago and, and he's going, okay, I need to... He doesn't have he doesn't have bad credit. He doesn't have credit. So his banker is saying, "Well, we'll get you this credit this this credit card with a low limit, and your job is to max it out and then pay pay it off yeah. over time." And that yeah. will help. I'm going, "Oh God, that that is the absolute biggest lie that they could possibly tell you. They just want to make money off of you." Of course they do. And then as soon as you as soon as you start you know getting yourself into debt, then what happens is you get all these other applications for credit cards, and so then you think, "Well, I'll get another." credit card so that I've got some room in case something happens, right? Then you rack that one up and then you get more credit cards. And I just think it's, it's, and unless you're educated, right? Unless you're educated, um, you'll get yourself in a real pickle that way. And so that's why, that's one of the reasons we've had a lot of conversations with our kids about the debt because it's, uh, I, I need them to understand the weight of that. It looks easy. I'll, I'll put the 200 bucks on and pay it over three months because I know I'll have the money and then something happens and you don't have the money and you put another hundred bucks on there. And next thing you know, you know, you're bankrupt. <laughs> so, well, you know, even if they don't do that, like one of the biggest things that I, I found, cause I have, I, I get sent so many, like a lot of my clients have kids that are your age and, and right around there. So they send them to me because I'm not mom or dad. So they'll talk to me and listen, but there's so much shame yeah. around it. If they get into trouble and going, well, I don't want to admit I made a mistake and how can I go to my parents? I'm trying to be a, a grown up adult and stuff. And how do I do this? And, and it's just, there's, there's yeah. terrified. And 
because because they're so emotionally tied in with this, then they they don't they they can't see straight and they don't know what to do and some people are just so totally and completely afraid of debt and it's not a bad thing if you know how it works and and how to make it exactly. all go but like you said it all comes down to the to the education and the the best way to start is making it a safe conversation so that you can talk and and bring up the bit right yeah no it's it uh, it does terrify me to see how many of these really young kids now i mean kids who are just getting married and they buy a great big house and they put all the furniture in and I'm thinking, how are you affording that? Like, how are you possibly affording that? Right. Well, well they're going for right now. I can make the payments. Everything's yeah. on payments. Yeah. And that, and that, yeah. that, that, that can work fine for, for a little while. But if you have, if you have a single financial yeah. hiccup, it all comes crashing. Down. It does. Or the ones, you know, don't pay till, you know, next year or whatever. That just terrifies me. <laughs> oh yeah. Cause people, Oh yes, there's no payments, there's no nothing. They won't even send you a statement until until it's already all due, and then that thousand dollar couch now costs you eighteen hundred bucks right now. Exactly. Yeah. No, it's it's scary, and and I that that I think would be the biggest issue I'd like to see change is that kids really understand that their math lessons should cover that very clearly. What does credit actually cost, and how to use it well? Because credit used well can be a real blessing, but uh, used badly. Oh, yeah. You know, it'll kick you in the butt for a long, long time. <laughs> well, a lot of people don't understand that, that that protecting your credit and stuff is not just a financial thing. There's a lot of employers that run credit checks before they hire. Some are looking for the good credit. Some are looking for the bad credit because those are the people you can exploit. Because yeah. they're stuck. And, and, and with certain university programs, they're checking your credit. If you do not have good credit, you aren't getting into the program. And they don't know they don't know how to build right? credit. Yeah. They don't know how to protect credit. They don't know how, how it works and all the things that can go against them. Like, one of the things I see quite regularly is, is okay, if there's somebody even with a similar name, their stuff might end up on your report and yours on theirs because the credit bureaus are not your friend. Their job is to make you look as bad as possible. Exactly. Yes, and then just not even paying attention. I mean, I know that was one thing that I had for a while is I just didn't pay attention. I just... Um, didn't read my statements and stuff. And it surprises me now uh, how frequently something shows up on my statement that I had nothing to do with, right? Like that is the, that is the really interesting thing for me that just how often a mistake is made. Well, and the, the reason they get away with it is because most people never take the, the, the 30 seconds that it takes to actually go through and go, is this exactly. all of mine? And if somebody gets a hold of your information, they're not going to go out and try and buy a $5,000 home entertainment system. They're going to try like a $20 iTunes transaction or something to see if you can. Exactly. And then if they can put several through that are small and you don't notice, then next thing you know, they're going to Hawaii, right? So. Or they'll just, they'll just keep going with the small stuff. But I'm going, like you said, how hard do you work for your money? Do you want to be donating it to an idiot because you're not, you can't be bothered to spend the 30 seconds paying attention to your money? Yeah, no, I've learned my lesson. So I go through every single statement now and, and, uh, and check it out. So. Well, so, so question for you, like, cause one of the things that, that, that I do with, 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 with my teaching of my daughter and, and with my clients with kids and stuff is, is like when, when we get the mail, 
and we get the Nmax bill and stuff. Like I'll I'll show Ayla and go, okay, see, this is this is how the bill works. This is the part that's for the electricity, and this is this is a part we pay for like our water and the garbage pickup and stuff like that. And I teach her how to like what what are these bills and how does it all work out. So number one, she knows what to be looking for, and and, and she can ask the questions. But also to get an understanding of what does it actually take just to run the basics of the house. Yeah, we haven't done that. And uh, I have a feeling that it could be a bit of a surprise for the kids because <laughs> they look at rent, right? So they're looking at, and rent already is pretty high here in Calgary. So um, they look at rent, but I don't think they have any idea what they need to have on top of that. So that's a good reminder. I should actually sit down and show them what that actually costs so they have an idea. I mean, I remember doing it in high school. We had a, we had a class, I can't remember what it's called now, but it was about life skills and it was actually really well done. And one of the things we had to do was um, find a person in the class and, as it were, rent an apartment. So we had to pick a job, find out what the salary was, find out what the deductions were, what was our take home pay, and then create a system where, you know, we had a place to live and we had food and we had to do all that research, right? And it was quite eye opening. That's a very, very, very long time ago and I still remember that assignment. Well, yeah, that's 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 a big one. Like my daughter, she's in she's in grade eight now, and just last week she stood in their. I think she says it's in our health class. One of the things that they're they're doing is they're supposed to be putting together a budget and stuff like that. And she says they give us three hundred dollars for the month. And I said, how is that realistic on any front if you're supposed to be an adult looking after things? Ayla, you know that's not that's like an average NMAX exactly, bill. especially this winter. <laughs> so. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. Especially like our ours is like I said, our Nmax looks after our gas, our electric, the garbage, the water, the sewer, all of that. So that's that's yeah. one bill. But she says, well, the teacher said that it's so that we can understand the numbers. Yeah, but I'm you're going, not. That's not helping you understand the numbers no, at all. No, no, because I mean, yeah, three hundred dollars. That's barely groceries. Yeah. Well, for one person. Yeah, for one for one person. Like I said, Ayla, that's that's an average yeah. Nmax bill. That doesn't look after your mortgage or your rent or groceries or, or transportation or anything like that. And it sure isn't looking after things like your shampoo. No, it absolutely is not. Yeah. Well, that's pretty scary. Why not use real numbers? Why not give them a real scenario? Well, I, I remember, so when I was back, at, when I had my office, I did a financial journey summer mm-hmm. camp. And so I would have the kids for the full week. And one of the things, so I, I had four different family scenarios, so like a, a college graduate, uh, a married couple, um, <laughs> things like that. So I went and, and looked up, okay, basically what, what could they expect to be making? Showed them that one of the things that really got their attention was showing them with all the withholding. So your taxes, your CPP, your EI, and they're going, Yeah, you what? think you're making $15 an hour, but really you're yeah. making a buck 95. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So here's all this stuff that comes right off the top. And then, and then one of the things that they had to do is go through and, okay, here's a budget. And then, yeah, had them go through and do some research. Like, what are you looking at for rent? And then we had to go, okay, so you figured out your food budget. Now you've got to go and feed your family. So I actually took them to the grocery store and said, okay, this is the money that you have. And this is this is how many people you have to be feeding. And this is how many meals you need to be looking after. Right. It work. Yeah. No, it's <laughs> a challenge. It's a challenge for sure. And they, the the kids and the parents said that was the biggest eye-opening experience because it's not that our kids are, are, are selfish or anything, but if they're never exposed to the reality, because parent, mom and dad just look after it, they have no idea. Yeah. Especially if they, I think if they're living what looks like a fairly affluent life, mm-hmm. um, then I think they think, well, mom and dad have tons of money, so it doesn't really matter, right? Of course they can afford this. 
they don't have any idea what's coming out of that affluent income, right? Yeah. And, and I've worked with people for so long and, and if you just listen to their income, it sounds really good. And then you're going through and it's not that they're wasteful at all, but okay, what Calgary is not a cheap city to live in. Housing is expensive. And then you have your utilities and you have your property taxes and Calgary is really low for property taxes, but then you've got to feed them and then you've got to look after transportation and then you've got your school fees and you've got the clothing that you, and and it just adds up and you're going, how people are going, I make good money. Where's it all? No, it's true, right? It's very, very true. And I think if nothing else, a budget is really good just to see that snapshot of where you are. Cause I think um, even if you, I think you need to stick to a budget, but even if you don't stick to the budget, just creating it once just to see where stuff goes. I mean, really, how much does that venti, no whip, double chocolate mocha Starbucks cost, right? Um, and it does. Well, it's called the latte factor for a reason, but even with a lot of people, it's, it's not the lattes that's getting them into trouble. Yeah. They're pretty good that way. It's just the fact that life is so expensive. Yeah, but uh, what I'm saying is sometimes a lot of those small things, you don't realize how many times you're doing it or how quickly it adds up. So even even the small things can be crazy expensive, right? So When I'm, when I'm sitting down with people and we're going through, I find that in a lot of cases, if, if, if you live in an urban center and if you have kids in school, it is not uncommon for me to find people spending as much, if not more, on the various forms of eating out than they do on their mortgage. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me at all. And, and people go, like, how can that be? And I'm going, well, stop and think about it. How many people are grabbing breakfast because they didn't have time in the morning? How many people are grabbing lunch? How many people are grabbing grabbing fast food for dinner on their way in between work and school and this extracurricular activity and all of that? And they don't see it because it's like 5, 10, 20 exactly. bucks at a time. But like you said, how many people are doing it? How many times a week? How many times throughout the month? It adds up. It, so it really, and, the, and life is so fast these days that really there's almost no way to get around it, right? If you're going right from school to piano to sports, right? You, It just is tough to get the dinner in there. Yeah. Well, and especially, like you said, with Calgary, the, the city so spread out, like, Okay. Yeah. I, I, I live in Riverbend. My, 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 my kid has to be in hockey in Tuscany and they go to school yeah. in, in like Mount Royal or whatever. It's like, it's not even possible. It is crazy. I think we're the second largest city geographically in North America. And I don't think we realize just oh, yeah. how big that is. It doesn't feel big because we're suburbia, right? And we, I don't think we notice really how big the place is, but it's massive and you can have a, 10 degree shift in weather from one quarter to the other, just to let you know how massive it is, right? Oh yeah. It's like, okay, to drive across from, from one, one corner of the city to the opposite corner of the city, if traffic isn't bad, can still take you an hour. No, it's, it's true. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. I do feel sorry for young families right now because they're just so, they're so busy. I don't know. I don't know how, I don't know how kids get everything done, you know, between their extracurricular and their homework and, the long school day and yeah, it's nuts. It, it's, there's an awful lot of pressure on, on families a lot. Yeah. And I think sometimes they just have to take that little extra, you know, McDonald's dinner or whatever, just to ease some of that stress. Right. Yeah. But it, it, it comes down to like awareness and, and, and a bit yes. of planning and different things. But like I said, we need to start talking about it. Absolutely. more. So I'm, I'm really pleased that, that it's a safe subject with you. So to finish up here, um, if if you could recommend three things that parents 
make sure that their kids learn so that they've, they've been successful on the, on the money front for teaching their kids? What three things would you recommend? I'd make sure that they spoke to a financial planner really young and um, which is what we were able to do and they um, and, and get them set up early when they don't have all the extra burden financially. Um, I would want them to really, really, really understand debt um, because it's so easy to get into and there's just no education around it. Um, and the third thing I think that's that's really important is um, that the money should be spent on experiences, not things. Very cool. So thank you so much for joining us. It was a great conversation. Yeah, it was something I don't usually talk about very often, right? You're not even asking me questions about social media. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? You, we got you out of your comfort zone for, for a change, and it worked out well. Yeah, it was lots of fun. Thanks very much for the invitation. All right. Have a wonderful day. You too. Before we leave each other, I would ask all of you listening to please subscribe to and rate my podcast. A review would be most appreciated and feedback is always welcome. Whether it be a comment, future topic suggestions, and or questions you or your kids would like to have answered in the Ask Tammy column on the financialfund.ca website. Please feel free to check me out on Facebook at Financial Foundations Children's Books, on Twitter at Financial Fund, and Instagram at Financial.Fun. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Financial Fund Podcast. Join Tammy Johnston again next week. For more information, please visit financialfund.ca.